How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Welcome, guys, to a third edition of the TRM Podcast Show. We have two, well, two literally rock stars, turbo engines, steam engine on the call today who are like, you know, my co-host, Miss Filer herself, Mr. M- Mr. I called you Mr. Jamie, Miss Mentor herself. <laughs> Might want to start the recording again once people see me so that they don't make that mistake too. <laughs> they think I'm Jamie. <laughs> And we have Rockstar Ross from the UK. We love Ross. He was on our first episode of the TRM show. And that episode obviously was like a kickoff to just greatness. So Jamie and I and Ross will be kicking you guys off with some great stuff on the sales success model of TRM. And we're here to have some fun with you guys and have some drop some bombs and just share and give you guys some value. What do you guys figure? Love it. Besides Mr. Jamie, besides Mr. Right. <laughs> That'll be our bloopers of the of the day. Team, how are you guys both doing? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Very well yeah. indeed. Sales is one of my favorite parts of this whole process, so I'm excited to drop some value bombs in this one today. Jamie, how are you doing, champ? I'm well. I like I like the emotional side of the selling, not so much the practical side. So I think Ross and I complement each other really well on that. Very much, very much. So it's going to be good, guys. I love it. So, guys, we're going to talk about the sales success model, kind of in Jamie and Ross's own kind of flavor and touch. Um, and basically, the six levels we talk about in TRM. For those of you guys in TRM or not in TRM, we talk about the view of selling, the view of abilities, activities, belief in product, the values, and of course, clarity on your offer and your presentation, which become the six pillars. We'll kind of start there, guys, and kind of get the ball rolling because we're actually going to cover kind of three parts of the podcast today. Knowledge drops, rapid fire, storytelling. So get the gold nuggets going. Uh, Jamie, what do you figure? Where do you want to get this ball rolling at? Um, Probably uh, the foundation, you know, the view of selling, view of abilities, because I think the specifically the TRM sales success model flips sales on its head. Because everyone is expecting the script that helps you make $10,000 a day. People want the secret to the funnel that will help you make, you know, $1,000 a day. Um, But it really starts with the individual who is setting up and who is delivering said script and said funnel um, that set, yeah, like I said, that sets the foundation for whether you're going to be successful or not. Mm. Ross? 100%. uh, It's the mindset you have going into whether you're going to be selling or serving people. It's a very, very different thing. If you've been into fitness for a long time, you're in the gym, all your friends are asking you, this is amazing, you should train me. But the minute you get your qualification, you put your T-shirt on, it's like, this is my job. People, their mindset switches and think they actually have to sell people. But like what Jamie was saying, the biggest thing is if you always look at it in the same, same way that you are just to serve people, it is just about starting conversations. And if those conversations click, you can then get on and it is just going to be a conversation. You shouldn't have to worry about making a sale. And I think that's the foundation of all of this. That's so true. I think one part for me I would definitely share is the offer around the clarity in the offer is most trainers and coaches out there obviously don't, don't really have like a core offer or even know their offer off by heart. So I think one part that we talk about a lot and I, sh- I share a lot is that knowing your presentation, 
inside and out, knowing exactly what your value prop actually is, as doing it in a clear, concise way. Yep, 100%. You know? I, had a, I had a sales call this morning, actually, and somebody said, yeah, I took a look at the website and I saw your three offers. Is there anything that isn't on your website? And I said, like, why would I put down anything that wasn't on my website? Like, why would I have something like in my back pocket that I'm saving? I, you, my, my clarity is there. It is established. If you want to talk about it, we can. But if one of those three things don't apply to you, then I don't think I'm your trainer. Mm. What do you both think is out of the six levels uh, from your experience are some of the most important things you guys have learned or think are very important, relevant to those six pillars from your own experiences, guys. For me, because I, when I first started as a personal trainer, it's all about belief in myself, belief in what I'm doing. You are literally walking around the gym having conversation. As my business has grown and I've gone more into the online element of it, you don't see people physically, therefore it gets more into the activity element of what we're talking about. The things you do on a daily basis, how you reach out to people, how you show up, the messaging and things that you have. So it is in order. It is a ladder that you have to step up one at a time, like Jamie said about the belief. But then after that, once you have the belief in yourself and your confidence to offer, you must, must, must have a time and a structure and put it in. I know this is a podcast. People might see this, but you must structure time in order to do sales, not to be a salesperson, but you start conversations and make sure you're constantly growing your business because it's very easy to fall into the trap that I've got my five clients. I'll dedicate all of my time to those people. And then if you're not focusing on getting more people in the door, you have to cultivate those activities which is super important mm. amazing point ross i love that jamie and he tied it into activities um for me it would be especially when you have a heart-centered or a people-centric business it's not uh i don't know how to say this but it's not necessarily letting somebody else's circumstances devalue your worth if my lowest ticket offer is 199 and somebody lost their job six months ago, but still decided to hop off a sales call, I cannot go down to $100 because that, even though my heart breaks for that person, especially given that they still want to work with me, despite being unemployed for six months, I'm going to start thinking of myself as a $100 trainer. And that is going to create such incongruence and an inauthentic way of me relating to that person going forward that... I can't afford to only charge $100 emotionally. I could not agree more. Super important. It's super, super important. Because if you go in there and you are going to have to have tough conversations with people, people are going to come to you. They're going to give you, they're going to be so honest with you. They're going to share things with you when you've just met them that they won't share with anyone else. They're very vulnerable. A lot of people really, really need the solution that you have. But if they're not in a financial position to buy it, you have to be really, really aware that you can go into the sale and release all of the emotion attached to someone saying yes. You have to be okay with them being the right person at the right time, but still maybe not just trust you enough. And this is where the negotiation happens. And we've all done it, all three of us on there. Everyone who's watching this has done it at some point. But you have to be able to step away and understand that if we're talking about the sales process as a journey, it starts from the first time they reach out, the actual call that you have, the minute they say no, and then you nurture them and you follow them up and all the other stuff we're going to talk about. It's just one little step in the journey, but you have to remove the emotional attachment as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Yep. It really comes down to building trust. And that process might take more than one call. It might take five calls. It might take five touch points. It might take 25 touch points. It's funny. I actually had a person I haven't spoken to in five, six years back in the INBF days, email me yesterday 
<laughs> about it gave me like literally this long of an email. It was so freaking long. And I was like, wow, like he's been following me for six years. He moved from the INBF. He's like, dude, I've been following your content for six years. And I want, I want to go on a call with you to like now, like let's talk coaching. I've been following his coach. And I'm like, isn't that funny how the sales process can happen? Like as long as you keep delivering value, adding value, building a relationship and, and just do it genuinely, authentically. Look, you don't know who's watching at the end of the day. You don't. Cool. Question, how long did it take for you to get Jamie on board, Matt? How long was that? Oh my gosh. I met you four years ago, Jamie, at Super League in Vegas, right, Jamie? Yeah. You know, yeah. we built a friendship. It was like a complete kickoff when I first met you. It was, it was like, we, we sat down at lunch together. We trained together. We were buds together. We were in the ring doing stuff together with Dave. Was it Dave? Yeah. Yeah. With Dave, Dave was trying to like beat us and he, he would, he, you know, you beat him. Um, and it was so funny. Well, that was a joke, obviously, but it was good. You know. <laughs> Ross, Matt actually nurtured me quite a little bit because I kept putting him off. And granted, I had a good reason. I wasn't legally allowed to work in the U.S. Now, could I have started earlier just learning about basic business principles? Yes, I could have. But I use that as an objection and as an excuse. And Matt was patient. So the second I did get my green card and was allowed to work, I reached out to him first and said, now I'm ready, Matt. Now you can have my money. Let's do it. And the beautiful thing about that was it wasn't the position that Jamie was in. It was the way that Matt handled that situation. You are going to get every single spectrum of excuse from people about why they can't do it now. And whether that's actually true or not, they're going to tell you from the emotions that they have. But the one thing you can't do is put your emotions into it. But, oh, they completely blow me off. Matt had done that for two years. The sales cycle that we have been researching into is about nine months like a sales cycle, there's ways of bringing these things down. But if that's a nine month period and you've reached out to someone on social media, you book them onto a call and it's 24 hours later, you must be able to see that and think, well, like, I can't beat myself up if I don't. The amount of people that you're going to get and people are going to come on and be like, you know what, I've been following you for two years. That you never commented on one of my posts. You never once liked one post on there, but they're in there lurking. The point is, it's uh, this is why this process that we teach in Sharon is so good because it is a process. It's a belief in its activities and obviously we're going to get onto core values and clarity and stuff as well. But uh, that was a perfect example. Matt, getting Jamie on board. Two years that was. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted Jamie, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have that mindset that everyone who comes on board is important, they are the right people that you want, you can see the potential in everyone, then you just have to put a very specific process in place to be able to cultivate those relationships. I'm going to be direct on this next point just because I want to share it. It's kind of valid towards this is that um, what I've probably learned the most is don't rush the sales process. And I've learned that when you can have patience, when you're trying to help serve somebody, for example, Jamie took two years, right? Ross, even with you, I met Emily first. Yeah. I had over an hour call with her. Yeah. It's just about nothing really just per business and kind of went from there. And all of a sudden she's like, I'm to Ross, my, my, my boyfriend, he's the coolest thing ever. You guys are connected. We, we kicked off right away, Ross. Um, and that's kind of, it's kind of funny because it kind of changed roles from there. Mm -hmm. But the point I want to make here is no, I'm going to be very direct with this process. I'm, I'm not a big believer in all these crazy closes. Okay. Um, this is my own belief. Okay. I believe if you're genuine and you have your seven step process and you learn and understand exactly where that person is and you have a clean way of presenting it and you do it in a very authentic way and you're direct about it in a caring way, mm -hmm. if they want to say yes, great. If not, that's fine. Maybe it'll be in a month from now or two months from now. I don't know. That's my belief. Maybe you guys have different beliefs, but I'm just sharing my, my core belief. I, I've tried the hardcore sales way and I felt icky with it. It felt icky to me. I don't like that. You know. Yeah. 
I do think there's some, so there have been times where I've heard, let's say, God forbid, death in the family. My grandmother passed away. Now I give it time. I'm, I'm not a shark. Like you, you guys both know me. I'm good at what I do, but I, I'm never desperate for a sale. I don't have to have a 90% closing rate. But when somebody does tell me, for example, their grandmother passed away, I'll give it a little bit of time. But then eventually I say, wait a second. Out of curiosity, why do you believe that your grandmother's passing is related to you per like pursuing personal training and working on your fitness and health? I, I understand the em emotional attachment you had to the family member, but where can you explain to me how it is you find yourself unable to train as a result of the passing? Yep. It's there's there's a sensitive way to go about it without making yourself or them feel icky, right? One hundred percent. One, I've been on a bit of a journey with this, as you know, in the way that how we package it up and effectively. It, you're going to have to have a different approach depending on how much you charge people to a degree. All things being relative, selling something for one dollar is easy and selling something for a hundred dollars. In the same way, selling something for four hundred dollars is easy and selling something for four thousand dollars. But the premise is always the same. And as we've ramped up our business and been more niche, and this is going to be relevant to where you are with your business. But I know that if I've got someone on a call, I've spoken to them for 15 minutes, right, you're the right person. I didn't talk to them for an hour. They are pouring their heart out. I know, I can see. Deep down in their heart, they really want to do it. They have a barrier in their head, which is financial. And I know the things that they're dealing with, it is not a life-changing amount of money for something that has been a problem for them for maybe 15 years of their life. At this point, in a very empathetic way, I will challenge people on it. I will. But in exactly the way that you said, Matt, as well, there's ways of doing it. Like James mentioned, there's ways of doing it. Like, do not read a Grant Cardone book and have, like, your 10 options of, like, closing people because it doesn't work like that. But being open and honest, and what I'll do is you just repeat them back to you. So let's say, okay, so you're saying you're 100% not sure, but 10 minutes ago you said that this has been bothering you for ages. You have to put the lights off when you're sleeping with your partner. You're worried about losing your job, but now all of a sudden, this isn't an important thing. And I think you have the right to do those things depending on where you are, how comfortable you are in that conversation and how invested those people are. That's my belief. I think that's very relevant to the values column of the uh, sales success model because our value is impacting and helping, not selling. So we try to help people overcome their own objections for their own sake not for ours. We don't need the money. We need, we need to help. Mm. So that what you just said, Ross speaks to the value of impacting, serving and helping. Yeah. I want to use this terminology guys it kind of leads into this last point is that I don't believe in manipulation. I believe in positive persuasion. Mm. It yeah. serves somebody towards bettering their life. Cause if a coach comes to us, like, or maybe someone who wants to improve their health and fitness and, and they're using the money objection, but their health is on the line. If you don't change your health, this could dramatically affect your children. You're like, this is more than money now, right? This is about a life change. Yep. When a coach comes to TRM and they're, they're struggling, listen, and they got two kids and I get money's the issue, but do you want to keep struggling for two more years or do you want to change it around and give an abundance opportunity for your family and your children, right? Yep. And that's where it comes into. So I'm kind of getting a little passionate, but that's just for sharing my two cents. <laughs> this is why this is such a good conversation. It is an emotional thing. As you can appreciate, Matt, when you're talking to people about business coaching, you're talking about you can invest this amount of money and get this amount of money back. It is a more of a logical decision. But when you're talking to someone, you can overcome this thing that has been 
the stumbling block for your whole life is an emotional thing with a logical kind of money attachment it's hard and you do need to overcome these things but again it comes from empathy like you said about it's not about a manipulation i say it's about activation i'm here to activate you i need to light a fire underneath you can see the potential that you have and uh yeah really interesting that's why it's good that jamie said we're kind of coming on to core values because if the value that you're giving people is something of very very high value because you're very very niche we only help a very specific type of woman with a very specific type of problem that's been going on for a long time. There has to be an investment in there in the same way that if we are selling something that was super niche, but it was only $100, I could sell it because I'm going to blow these people's minds. But I would resent that because I've undersold myself in the same way. And then the, we're talking about a sweet spot, aren't we? The amount of impact that you want to have, making sure it's financially supporting your business so everything's congruent and it will come across that when you're pitching whatever amount of money that's going to be, you feel happy about it. They feel they're like they're in a safe space. It's an important thing, which is core values. I want to share a really short, small story, okay? I was watching a Netflix thing called um, Vacation Rentals on Netflix. It was almost like all these big vacations. Oh, right? I've seen that. Yeah. You watched that one? And yeah. we're watching the island one, right? Me and Jen and, and the kids. And I was getting all inspired because I watched the island one and they were sharing the luxury, uh, you know, island. It's called Royal Island, somewhere like Barbados, right? It's $15,000 a night to stay at this island, but basically it's private and you only have 80 people that are allowed to go there. And I says, I want that to be a freaking place for a mastermind. Mm -hmm. It's funny because, you know, I, I kind of said, I said to myself, listen, like we can either look at making a move. Like for example, we're planning on going to Grand Cayman and living there someday. Yeah. And I want to put that back to sales for a second, because you can either, most people, like I have this problem, say to ourselves, wait till we have money. I'm like, listen, we already have money. It's more of making the decision to do the darn thing, whether it's going to be transforming your health, you know, losing the 30 pounds or getting you know, help for your business, or maybe it's moving to a different place and figuring it out. And everything usually falls into place anyway, at the end of the day, you know, and I realized that when that decision is made and it's almost like a stretch for you, it's like things that happen between A and B just evolve in a very powerful way. Like it makes you grow as a human being. When I first hired Aaron, I was shitting my pants. Excuse me for saying my French. I was like, oh my gosh, how is it going to work? Two and a half years later, I'm like the best thing in the world, right? But I had to grow to evolve that. You know, when Aaron, Jim, when you when you joined being a mentor, Ross, when you when you probably had to hire that person for AF coaching, right? Um, all these things, you know, I'm going off track. I'm going to pull it back. <laughs> You're not at all, and it's an important thing. But the biggest thing that comes out of the decisions only hard until you've made it. Okay, hundred percent. All those things. So it's our job to activate these people in it. Number one, make sure that you understand 100% what it is they actually need. So what you're going to sell them is going to get the result that you want. And then number two, get them across the line if they're the right person or to do it. In the same way that if they're not the right person, you should 100% refer them off to someone else because you have to have the right people in the right places to get the right result. I love that. Rapid fire. Yep. One round of rapid fire. Okay. okay. So... Let's kind of look at the model. Think of the model for one second, guys. And let's think of what would be like a, a tactic you want to share from the model that you think is relevant for the listeners. Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> tactic from the, oh, uh, the activities, yeah. the activities for sure. Cause sometimes you're going to need to fake it till you make it. So at least reaching out to everybody that follows you on Instagram or starting a Facebook group and inviting your entire database to it is a way for you to get started while you get your mind around the idea of selling. Beautiful. I'm going to just jump on the back of that. And I'll call that digging a well before you're thirsty. Spend a bit of time making sure you have everything you need so you can reach out to them. And the next thing is to get a proof of concept. 
understand that there's been many mistakes made in my business where I create something that I think people want without asking them and realize that I can't sell it to anyone. So once you've got your well and you've got all the people in there, say, look, I'm creating a program for high performance women to drop a dress size. Uh, do you mind if I ask you a few questions to see if you would like it? And then if 10 people said, yes, I would like it, go ahead and make that program. But don't do it the other way around. So dig a well before you're first in and ask them specifically what they want. Be niche. Sales happens in all areas of your life. Yes. That's mine. Everything's a negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> um, find products that complement your service because sometimes people may not always purchase the service you're offering but I've sold almost as many people on just first form protein and their foundational health products than I have on personal training and into that. Uh, make time to make sales again you have time dedicated as a PT to go and train people just important, make time in your diary to reach out, nurture people, put people into a Facebook group, start five conversations, follow up the five conversations that you had yesterday, chase people up for calls. These things are super important. Just as much time, I would say, it should be a 50-50. Ask the question, what is your positive view of selling? And then answer it. Yes. And that's the rapid fire, guys. Now, storytelling to finish off our call. Who would like to share a wonderful story with us about their experience in selling in their years from maybe they had a struggle or it was a lesson they learned and they want to share? I'll go because it's, it's short. Um, I had two people towards the beginning of the year when I was uh, trying really hard to maximize the, the January, February, New Year's resolutioners. And I pounded these people like Matt, you mentioned 25 touch points at the beginning of the call. I a hundred percent did 25 touch points and as a result, one of them called me a shark and one of them, I don't even remember the adjective they used. It was not pleasant, but, but they knew that it made sense and they signed on and they both bought my silver package. That's not the end of the story. Never heard from them again. Yeah. I tried so hard and I gave them a negative view of selling that they bought the service just to get me off their back, which to an extent, I'm glad you mentioned Grant Cardone. I feel like a lot of people do that with his products and services. They just don't want to be hounded anymore. He makes a great point. He closes like a champ, but they never use it. And like Ross keeps emphasizing it, what good is your business if you have people who don't want you or like you? So that was the last time I ever put pressure on somebody to buy because I realized that even though I made the sale, I didn't, I didn't develop a relationship. They weren't actually my clients. They were just people who gave me money. <sighs> oh, Jamie, fire, that's so good. It brings me perfectly onto my one. Transitioned in, I've been in the process of uh, creating a lot more value and then obviously expecting more in return. So we're going up and up. The, the price that we're charging for our program goes up. And as you do that, you go from closing 10 out of 10 to 8 out of 10 to 6 and 4. It's just going to happen because you're not going to, you're not going to have a hundred out of a hundred people who can afford that kind of bracket. And then, but the fall, the flaw that I had in this is that I still had the mindset that I should be closing all these people. I start questioning what I'm doing. I start panicking, freaking out, questioning all the prices and everything. And I've got this one great bit of advice is that again, like James said, it is a relationship. I'm starting the relationship with someone by getting them to literally empty their soul to me on a call and then I charge them a price and they don't trust me yet. So now it's a nurture process. I know that that sales call is one, very important, 
a very small part of the process that we have because then it's a Facebook group. Do not ever, ever, ever let someone come off a call feeling like it was a negative process. Let you know what, I understand where you are. This has been quite an intense call. You secured the right product, just the wrong time, which is fine. Not a problem. We've got a Facebook group. It's epic when they get you in there loads of ladies and we've got free videos. And, and then what happens is two, three months later, they can put their hand up. And then when you get them on that second call, it's not going to be an hour. It's not going to be tears and emotion. They're going to be like, I'm ready then. Bang, and it's done. So that's the biggest, biggest lesson. It doesn't matter where you are in your process, how much money you're charging people. Sales call is one part of it. You must nurture people after. That's 80% of the effort. That's literally my 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 story is very similar to Ross's actually is when, I, when we first started actually before TRM, I was doing one-on-one coaching and I was so focused on just selling them and getting them on the sale. And I wasn't working enough on the nurture nurturing part. And that really affected clients because when I was putting my energy into Super League, I lost half of my clients. I was like, I went from like all these clients to like half of the clients. Some were like pissed off at me because it's my fault, right? And I realized now coming into TRM like three years ago, we've just like all these things we've learned, I've learned through, through sales and process comes into relationship building and authenticity in the delivery of having that, that sales conversation. So I should now I changed the name from, I believe sales call should be called a relationship call. Yeah. So there's mine. Yep. Starting relationships the whole way. Yeah. Well, team, amazing podcast. You guys are a freaking hoot to have a podcast with. My goodness, great. And by the way, guys, those of you know, guys, Ross Ashley is from the UK. Jimmy is from Tampa. Um, I'm from Mont- well, not from Montreal. No, we're in three different countries, which kind of is cool yeah. for a podcast today, right? Yeah. yeah. So, guys, thanks again. Appreciate you both. If you guys are listening or watching, share this. Go on your social media, share it away. We love sharing you guys. Tag us in our post, mindset underscore Matt, Jamie91. Um, Ross, you were never on social. We're not going to actually add your name in there at all because you never watch. Nice. <laughs> so we're going to leave you out of the picture. And <laughs> I love it. So we'll see you, Ross, on a future episode, buddy. As always, in the near future, guys, thank you again. Wishing you guys all well. Thank you for having me, mate. Appreciate you. Take care, guys.